0: Today there's mad owners, there's bad owners, and there's Enrico Preziosi owners, the man with bags of cash and easy trigger finger, the man at the heart of Genoa's biggest ever scandal who's now getting involved in Genoa's second biggest ever scandal, La Madre di Tutte le Porcate, his story coming up in Golazzo. And a big buongiorno to you, Lissa. Thanks for joining us here on Golazzo. We're joined as ever by James Homecastle. Ciao tutti. And also Gabriele
1: Marcotti. Well, you know how it was all cheery last week? Oh, no. And positive? <laughs> Gab, are you a fan of Preziosi? <laughs> no, it's funny. When I when try to make the unholy trinity of the worst possible people in Italian football, worst mm-hmm. possible owners. Okay, so which club are they going to join? See the first at? name on the team sheet, Gab?
0: It's hard. So you're gonna you have a club for them to work out. Which one's
1: that? Kievo. Kievo? <laughs> no Oh oh like
0: my yeah, whole but, time nightmare. Yeah. No.
1: But it's funny, the Kievo guy wouldn't even be in the, the top three on Holy Trinity. Really? They, they,
2: I mean Where would
0: Preziosi be? He's, he's top be, three, I imagine. Yeah.
2: Campidelli's been attempting to get into the magic circle, but no, so far I, hasn't broken in.
0: So of
1: your Cilino when he was there, obviously. And Preziosi's it, worse than Girardi. Cilino. Preziosi's worse. Well, <laughs> Girardi's in a class so I am I mean <laughs> But it's it's hard because there's there's people like Girardi who, you know, just did so much damage in such a wanton, stupid way. In some ways Preziosi is more offensive yeah. because A, he's been around for so long. Uh-huh. B, he's managed to reinvent himself after like he gets busted and like it's all inconsequential and he comes back and So then-
0: Preziosi basically he he was the owner of, of Como. He, he took up and then got relegated again and then they went bankrupt and he was then suspended for basically wrong behaviour. Yeah, he? I
2: think they were, what, 60 million euro
0: He basically threw them into, into the ground. And he did have he, Messi on trial, or did he? Or did he? <laughs> and then he re-emerges a couple of years later as the owner of Genoa and that's when the fun really begins. I mean, we'll go into that, but... but the fun
1: Cap, a long because, of course, we should explain what this guy's family business is. Mm-hmm. So he owns a company called Giochi Preziosi, which is which is a toy company, where you would think, oh, how sweet. It's a family business where they make toys for the little children to play with, right? <laughs> no, that's not what they do. They license cheap tat from dubious places, and they go and they, they flood the market with it with their disgustingly tacky ads. and. Gormiti. Anyway. Yeah, there's nothing sweet about the the nice toy man. Like it's not that's not what he is.
0: Enrico Preziosi, the man who got Genoa relegated to Serie C1 for match fixing amongst other excitements. To fully tell this story, we need to go back before the toys, before the Como, all the way to the 1920s. That's right, listener. It's nineteen twenty-four. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Fascism is the new sensation sweeping the nation. How how time's changing. <laughs> and Italian football is divided into there's a North Division and a South One. The South One's so poor that basically the title is given to the winners of a playoff between the two, but sometimes they don't even bother having it because yeah, it's, it's the such Lega a, Nord. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> it's such a formality. Anyway. We've landed in the 1924-25 season, which has ended with the top two teams in the north facing each other before going on to the, the final. And, of course, one of them is Genoa because they are absolutely the dominant team in, in that era. they won nine titles. They're facing Bologna, who've yet to win one, but who have a very valuable supporter in Leandro Arpinati, who's later going to become the unelected mayor of Bologna and the head of the Italian FA and build the Dallara Stadium. And who also happens to be the vice secretary general of the National Fascist Party. Huh.
1: A man who's devoted his life to civil service. Exactly.
0: A public servant. You're absolutely yeah. right. And he certainly, uh, he certainly has an active role to play. So they say in this. But anyway, here's, here's the facts. You're familiar with this story, perhaps. It's a two-legged final to determine who will go through to face the, the southern champion. It's supposed to be. <laughs> so it grows extra legs <laughs> along the way, so so that both sides win their their home game. Genoa and Bologna two one, so it goes to a third decisive match, and it, this is where the problems start.
1: No away goals back then, younger listeners, or, or, or
0: penalty, shoot penalty shootouts. Although they did have a shootout, but, but <laughs> yeah. not with penalties. Because this is
2: la partita delle pistolate, no? Yeah. yeah.
0: So well, so basically, the the first one that is is held on. Uh, on, on neutral ground and according to accounts of that time black shirts basically there's a handful of policemen but there's a large number of, of uh, black shirted kind of fascist supporters who are apparently armed and they enter the kind of the turf and position themselves behind the genoa goal Genoa have managed to go two nil up in they the first half tickets
1: by the way let's be clear on this
0: <laughs> regular ticket holding enthusiasts to get a better view <laughs> sportsmen <laughs> Uh, position themselves behind the uh, the Genoa goal. Genoa already leading 2-0. And uh, 16 minutes into the second half, a Bologna shot is tipped wide by the keeper, Giovanni Pra. A spectator puts it back into play and a uh, grateful Bologna score. Now, the referee, Mauro, I think his name is. Yeah, Massimo Mauro. Blows for a corner, at which point the uh, spectators decide to take a more participatory role in the <laughs> thing. So they go on, the game is suspended I think for about 15 minutes or so after which the referee has, has, has reconsidered his opinion and given it as a goal. But um, he
2: tells the Genoa players that don't worry this will be overturned, we'll take this to the Italian Football Federation, it'll be fine.
0: He's so only the- going ahead because he thinks to suspend the game will, will cause problems of public order
2: exactly so the general players don't protest they think yes we've got this we're going to be champions
0: and they don't protest later on when uh, Bologna apparently yanked the goalkeeper out the way with his jersey <laughs> so Pozzi can score an equaliser and finishes 2-2 <laughs> anyway so general go home think it's all over but are then told by the Italian FA that the game will be replayed because there were extraneous people on the pitch. Mm. No kidding. (laughs) There are people on the pitch. They think it's all over. Okay, so now it goes to game four. This one, Gabriele, is in Turin. Early morning. No, no, that's game five. So game four is in it's Turin. Like, it's like an NBA playoff <laughs> yeah, <on the> <laughs> So game four happens in Turin. It's another draw, 1-1. One, one. But the big thing here was that at the station that evening, there are two trains, one with Genoa supporters, one with Bologna supporters. As the Bologna train leaves the station, the people on board open fire with pistols on the Genoa supporters who are still standing on the platform. A couple of them are wounded. Thankfully, nobody any more than that. And this time, Genoa thought, well, definitely Bologna are going to be suspended. I mean, it's all over. Plus, we don't want to play these guys again. I mean, they shot, I think, the brother-in-law of one of the, the, the Genoa players. So by all accounts, they then went off on holiday. By now, anyway, it's kind of early July and it's getting pretty hot. But
2: Bologna is still training, James. <laughs> <laughs> still, still going in. I don't know where they're training at the time. It's not Castel ebola but they were, you know, still at it, hard at work. Yeah. Going for this championship.
0: <laughs> up, up in the uh, Apennini, probably, or something. Mm. Yeah, in, in, in like the in the rocky
2: kind of training camp.
0: So the word... They wait and they wait, and there's still no word about this, this title being given, or at least the northern title being given. But then on the 8th of August, and by now it's properly hot, Genoa are told that the deciding match will be played the next day at an undisclosed location, that they must leave the next day... Board and, this bus. Get on board <laughs> this bus. And they hold the final... In Milan, on the 7th of August, Gabriele, you've been
1: in Milan in, the, in August. Well, you have to play it early in the morning. Before yeah, 7am they mm-hmm. play this game. Yeah, it would have, I would have been mad to do it, to do it later in the day. Absolutely. That's why Genoa complained about this, is just beyond me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, so, and, and, and Genoa lose, much to much yeah. surprise. They've, as you say, they've been off at the beach, mm. Bologna had been training, and the nefarious Polynesian. Win the first of their titles. Well, they go on to beat Alba Roma, I think six nil or something, and and they take the national title. Genoa never win the title again, so they've they've been stuck on nine titles ever since, yeah, one short of the okay. so, star.
1: Right. So so now, mm. Preziosi, because yeah. he's had nothing to do all these years, and he just picked up a history book for the first time. He's launched an appeal, right? Because yeah. he wants to, he wants his title to be in, in, reinstated or whatever. Alba Roma, I'm sure, must have. Because remember, this is the idiocy here, right? He didn't actually win the title because there was a whole final to be played mm. right, against Alvaro. Although
0: Omar. there were precedents for, for example, the 14-15 season when the First World War meant that that north-south final couldn't be played. They just gave the title to the, the northerners anyway. In fact, I Lazio think, won aren't that title not they both back.
1: titles? Isn't it, wasn't it Casale and somebody else? I think they in... both? Went they co-champions? I think.
0: Oh really? Well, I think Lazio are asking for the the title of fifteen yeah. back, so there's a question about there. But anyway, I mean, what you say? Simple
1: saying? answer, right? Why don't you go and play Roma, like the Real Roma now for the title, and we can award the 1925 title, and then I will laugh in your face when you lose again, unless you go and try to fix the game like you've done many times in because the past.
2: Because this now. is what Pizzi <laughs> is doing, right? He wants this is like la decima, <laughs> What's the Real Madrid. He this says, is what it is to uh, to Genoa. I would,
1: I would like to be
0: remembered as the president. <laughs> who brought the star, the staff of the 10th Scudetto, to Genoa, it would be beautiful. He's actually going to be remembered as a man who did something quite different to the club. I should just point out, by the way, that Bologna, uh, this week after Preziosi making these comments, Claudio Finucci, the, uh, was he, uh, the, uh, the, the AD, executive. the chief exec, yeah. saying that, you know, this is, it was completely legitimate, their win in 1925. And I guess if you want to look back, you could probably wonder what happened in the other nine, in the nine titles that Genoa won. I mean, the first one, it's a national title, but it was four teams playing, I think,
1: wasn't it? You know, it was three of them were from Turin. <laughs> and they, they they literally played in one afternoon. Uh, I this whole thing, even the stuff with the stars yeah. is just. It's actually even worse in other countries, like in like in Germany, where you get one. I think based on like if you've won three, you get a certain symbol, and then five, you move up to something else, like freaking Monopoly or something. But in Italy, right, with the stars, that's why you know Juventus have three stars. Although again, you could also debate whether they got their third star a little before they should have. Inter and Milan have have one star, and on it goes, and this obsession that now all of a sudden he wants to do something to be remembered by other than for crappy toys and having lived up north for 50 years but still talking like he like his people talk so nobody can understand him it's just remarkable with this man he really has no shame Mm. and he
0: already is known for a stolen title anyway and for that we have to (laughs) spool fast forward a little bit all the way to the mid-noughties james Oh, right. Good to be back in Civilization mm. Eros Ramazzotti there. Nice pick, James.
2: Yeah, Nice pick. Okay, uh, so now it's the mid-noughties, eh? And uh, Genoa are getting promoted
0: back to Serie A for the first time in a decade, mm. James. It's thanks pr- to Preziosi and well, his yeah, patronage. He, he's bought them, and he's brought in this Argentine striker called Diego Melito, yeah. who's going to go on and do great things up the road in Milan later on, of course.
2: Yeah, much later on, after his second spell at Genoa, because his first spell didn't end as he thought it would be. We well, thought okay. he was getting into
0: City A, Yeah, Let's not get <laughs> ahead of ourselves. So it is summer, May 2005, and, and Diego Milito is City of B's top scorer. Genoa are top of the league, and they're heading up. They've just got this one last game to play in the season. You know what? It's the easiest fixture possible. They're taking on a Venezia side who have already been relegated and who have been rubbish all season. At this point, everything's great. So basically, Veneto have gone ahead, but Genoa, through the goals of Milito and company, have come back and won three two. And it's Saturday, the eleventh of June, and they are up in Serie A celebrations.
2: Cersei calls me. The manager probably DJ, which is also what he does in his spare nice, time.
0: Nice, but then
2: prosecutors in uh, in Genoa. I think this is this is not all above board, James, because a guy has been stopped in his car coming out of Preziosi's factory in the north of Italy with a bag full of money. And he just happens to be the general manager of Venezia, the opponent that they've beaten to get promoted.
1: Now, he also happens to be i believe he's a restaurateur mm-hmm. here in england who would surface years later in uh the telegraph sting that ended up costing remember the big sam allardyce yeah. and and his pint of red wine Balliato, and everything? he was involved in that yeah. he's, he's like zelig he's okay, everywhere i
0: met pino and he was a very personal chap and he he's quite frank about what happened
1: that day another member of the bald fraternity yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: Pelatone,
0: uh, you know, from one Pelatino to another, he, he told me, you know, listen, uh, yeah, we were ahead, yeah, we were favourites to win, but why take a chance? So basically, I mean, I think you made the point before now, Gabardillo, that no country in, in 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 Europe, possibly the world, has more phone taps than than Italy does. You know, if you're in Italy, your phone is being tapped.
1: Uh, at the time, it is being tapped. I mean, I know, I don't know if the numbers have changed, uh. but. These numbers came out after the Calciopoli scandal. that Between 2004 and 2006, there were more wiretaps, authorised wiretaps, in Italy than in the rest of the European Union, the United States and Canada Put combined. Together. You're kidding. Wow.
0: So this is why you get some incredible transcripts. Then these Somebody <laughs> was across what uh, Preziosi was doing prior to this game. I don't know how well, they no, got at the half tip. no, half-time, James. Well, no, no, but before that, there were okay. these conversations where... Someone from Venezia is on the phone saying, "Are you going to send flowers to my wife?" And there's the reply from the uh, the the Ds of, of Genoa: "Don't worry about the flowers <laughs> and wine. There's going to be enough for everybody."
1: So yes. then the game, the game happens. <laughs> it's just your all, yeah. Alternate subtext is a swingers club, but yeah,
2: <laughs> okay. Know. The game happens, James. Venezia take the lead. Yeah. And as we've seen, Venezia don't always stick with the plan when it comes to fixing games. It was the ghost of Tuta. The ghost of Tuta. So and then that, you have this phone call. Go on, sorry. At half time, Preziosi gets on the phone where he's like, Ma che caso sta succedendo?" <laughs> what the,
1: what the, the hell, hell is happening? His accent, which is even worse. Because
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, wh- what are those guys doing? They have <laughs> scored against us. They are crazy. <laughs> they made a mistake and scored. And then the guy from Venezia says, listen, don't worry. We'll sort it out. Don't worry. They change the goalkeeper and mm-hmm. they basically, I don't know what is done. But Genoa then in the second half, go Uribe ahead. Pagliara
1: himself goes in goal. So. <laughs>
0: (laughs) and wins it and you know 3-2 the final score but when all this comes to light not surprisingly Genoa is sent down to Serie 2 the third division which is kind of mild really given what happened Preziosi doesn't face jail or anything he does get a five year ban from football brilliantly uh, he arranged for a life size photo like a cardboard cutout of himself to be placed in the stands in his absence yeah it's, and, uh, it, it's
1: not just that. The fans are obviously angry. They're like, you know, what the hell just happened? We thought we were getting promoted and now what's happened? And, and of course, because Bocciosi loves making it all about himself, he goes out there and he shouts in, in his, his awful, awful voice, No uh, Namala. Which basically means like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm 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 not giving up. I'm not giving in. Right.
0: They can't trample over the the interests of this club, the interests of this family of my
1: of my children. Yeah. He says. Yeah, because his idiot son was involved in it too. Oh right? really? Massimo or whatever his name yeah, is. Matteo. Or Matteo. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he also has uh, he gives his testimony to the official inquiry where he says. Yeah, I, was, I didn't buy the match. I didn't buy the match. I was just stupid.
1: I've never bought this I've never bought it. Never. i stupid. The explanation for the money. Yeah. It's a great explanation. This is the best part. Mm-hmm. When asked, why are you walking, I think it was €350,000. No, euros? it
0: was t- €250,000. Okay, I mean... Into- quarter of a million euros. <laughs> I mean,
1: in cash. Yeah. He's saying, well, because we just sold them two players wasn't it
0: maldonado i maldonado. think Maldonado. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and yeah well we, we just sold them this guy and this is the down payment which of course makes sense that you would just take cash in a duffel bag for it <laughs> and of course there's no paperwork nothing right it's just his word this is his experience and this is and you met this guy right yeah and
0: they he, did, th- did, th- supposedly they did actually have a form that looked like a contract and there is also a wiretap <laughs> I mean, of paliara Ringing Genoa later that day to say, Oh, I've been stopped by the financial police, but it's all okay. I told them we were buying a play. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they went down to City of B, but you know what? When you
1: spoke to him, like, did he stick to the story or was he like, Oh, he was kind of, no,
0: that's the thing. He was completely open. I mean, by then, everybody knew. And and like I say, he said, (laughs) Yeah, you know. You could say, why would you do such a thing? You're top of the table, you've got Diego Milito, top scorer, and you're facing a side that's already been relegated at home. Also, it's I mean, in they, the bag. Have- why risk everything
2: for this? Genoa had won only one of their previous six games oh, really? as well. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say this was in doubt. We could understand maybe some kind of nerves... Setting in and Why
0: take the chance? Yeah. Yeah. So they they didn't. And uh, why take the chance on missing out on promotion when you can get relegated for match fixing? <laughs> anyway, they're back now. They're back now. And uh, this weekend they got beaten 5 0, Genoa.
2: <laughs> and it looks like the decision to sack Davide Balladini was yeah. a good one, James. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll come on to that. And the latest exploits from. Uh, from Preziosi. Preziosi, by the way, who's had a, an unfortunate relationship with Genoa managers because one other aspect of his story, which is extraordinary, I'd forgotten well, about this, was the, I mean, I wouldn't call it the role he played, but his his part in the, the death on TV of former Genoa manager Franco Scoglio.
2: Yeah, so Scoglio, il professore after i think no it wasn't after his career had finished as a as a manager but he was he was becoming more of a tv pundit he was so, transitioning from one career to yeah,
1: the next yeah. you don't know this guy scoglio he's another one of these people from the deep south who has a who <laughs> the difference with him is it's no so convenient. no it's got nothing to do with that it's you know those people who are just completely unnecessarily pompous he had some success early in his career as a manager and afterwards he'd go out and he would lecture. The, the, the media talking about how well I took this scheme from Nacional Montevideo in 1922 when they played in the Copa Libertadores against Corinthians because and he would just, just go and just talk this absolute nonsense and people called him the professor I don't even know if he was really a professor of, I think he was a school a teacher he was a school teacher
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he had, he had success with one club and I can't think what it was he'd had a little miracle was with a missing, I club was yeah, it, was he it? found okay.
2: Totoskilacci. That was his claim to fame, there you go. even though Zeman was the one who got him hmm. scoring.
1: And I thought he, he did alright at Genoa too. Like mm. he they had they had a couple. No, yeah, he I, had a I couple of spells at Genoa, and then he kind of reinvented himself as this guy who would go on. In one of the most fun phenomenons in Italy is that every city has local television stations that you know they don't have the rights to games or anything, but usually on Mondays, sometimes Tuesdays, they go and they have these four hour. Television shows with a million guests, where you just sit and they basically just talk about the local team or shout or often shout, and it's sort of inversely proportional because like the smaller the team is, then the more important guests you you know you'll get the chairman on you'll get the you get the manager and, and, and whatever and Scoglio's in there and he's he's just complaining and he's, he's every time he just go and criticize the team and the manager and they have Preziosi on the phone. And already you can tell the character of the, of, of, of the two people because Briciozzi keeps referring to Scoglio as Scoglio, which is his last name, and Scoglio's like, you need to call me Professor or Doctor Scoglio, because I call you Mr. President. And
2: that's pretty
0: much the last thing he says, no?
1: Yeah. And then while, while Preziosi's kind of like barking back at him, um, tragically, Scolio has a has a heart attack on uh, on television. <laughs>
0: Fans didn't say it's a tragedy with the banner they held up at the preziosi call my mother-in-law.
1: Black humour,
2: but uh, Scoglio was quite prophetic because he did say, I will die talking about Genoa, which
1: is exactly what happened. There's two other wonderful snippets. One of them was this very bizarre game they had against Siena. And we've spoken in the past about the relationship with ultras and clubs and players and how it's extremely unhealthy and how certain certain presidents really either have no control or don't want to have any control over their own ultras or or their players. One of the ugliest scenes I've seen in a long time was some game where Genoa are getting oh, yeah. absolutely whipped at oh, home yes. by Siena 4-1. And the ultras somehow, they go and like they're wreaking havoc. They speak to the captain who was, was it, was it, was it Maurizio Rossi or whatever? Marco Rossi. They, Marco Rossi. Yeah. They tell the players to go and take off their shirts because they're not, they're not fit to wear them. In amidst this whole freak show you would expect this is during a game this is during yeah. a game yeah except of course the one guy who's not involved is Giuseppe Sculli who you know sort of of the god makes them and, and, and pairs them what do, it, when we're talking about phone taps he's the man
0: with the, the salami phone tap when he was this is before he was at Genoa and he was banned for I think two years because of this
2: if I'm not mistaken he is related his to his grandfather e- I in, think in, in yeah. Dranghita, we were boss. About in Dranghita
1: last weekend boss. Yeah.
2: so he basically talks these ultras down doesn't he
1: And then he gets investigated. (laughs) A very talented player as well, Scully. For a while, yeah, yeah. But you would expect in a normal country, in in like a a normal owner says, "All right, you know, I'm going to take action against these people. Like maybe I don't have, maybe I can't ban them from the stadium or whatever, but I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to collaborate with the authorities or whatever." Just the sheer violation, like your own employees were just compelled to do something by your paying customers. Like you need to step in. What does he do? Nothing. He just fades into the background it's like that, that that scene from the simpsons where homer disappears into the hedge right because ultimately the guy is also gutless and spineless among among his many other faults yeah. Well,
2: I mean, in addition to getting Genoa relegated to the third division, uh-huh. he also got them disqualified from Europe. Do you remember this a couple of years uh-huh. ago? Yeah. When yeah. Gasparini got them uh, into the Europa League, and uh, basically UEFA looked into the, the books at Genoa before giving them a license, didn't like what they said, and said, actually, we're going to take your Europa League qualification away and we're going to give it to the next team down, which happens to be Sampdoria. Wow. Which is, you know, I mean, come on.
1: Campionato.
0: You're listening to Galazzo, the totally Italian football show. Well, this season, their campaign took a bit of a a knock as they were beaten this weekend by Inter. Inter were busy warming up for their clash with Barcelona. We're actually recording this on Monday, so we're not entirely sure what happens in that game, although we might have a fair old idea. Inter, who are on a run of six straight wins, made this a seventh consecutive victory in front of almost 70,000 fans at San Siro, Mm -hmm. beating Genoa 5-0. Genoa not even able to score. If you're thinking how, weren't they doing pretty well? And they had that guy, Piontek, who was scoring yeah.
2: loads of goals. George well, is really getting a tune out of him, isn't he? By keeping him on the bench.
0: So he hasn't hang scored on, Juric, since that the of manager. Bench. Their manager was Davide Ballardini, who <laughs> yeah. had them almost in the top four. Pelatino Won three of, of, of four matches, but then lost one game against Parma. And uh, Preziosi fires him. Fires one of the most successful managers they've had in a long while and replaces him with... One of the least successful managers they've had in a long while, a guy with a win percentage of 25%. Juric
2: was sacked the first time by Genoa a year on this day. No, it's Uh, November 5th. And then he was brought
0: back and then sacked again. And then they brought him back to replace Ballardini. And since then. They have had a really tough run of fixtures. To be fair, but they've not gone well at all. And Piontek stopped scoring, no goals at all. He had nine in seven under Balladini, none in the fourth since.
2: Next two games, James, uh, Napoli, yeah, and then the during... Derby.
1: Oof. I should also point out that yep. for Inter, given the Barcelona game was coming up, yeah, and, and given that it was around Halloween, you know, he dug deep and he like. Wheeled out a whole bunch of guys. Yeah, it who, was their reserves. Yeah, I, <laughs> so the was guys like, who in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, we saw jean Mario again. Dalbert, um, Dalbert, <laughs> Gallardini. You know all these guys who were, and he rested. You know Icardi and and and, and vecino who for Inter important. You know we saw Lautaro expecting God knows what, and then he was pretty, yeah, was pretty ordinary. When well, you win five nil and like you don't show up, but um, Raja came off mm-hmm. the bench ahead of five of the minutes ago, scored. Yeah. They were so, mightily impressive. I sure into. wonder
0: how that Barcelona game went. <laughs> uh, also in action midweek and winning at the weekend were Juventus and Napoli. Juve had a 3-1 victory over Cagliari. They are now officially on their best ever start to a top flight season.
2: Interestingly, yeah. they've matched the best ever start to oh. a season by any team in City A. Okay. It was Napoli last season mm. and it was Roma in Garcia's first season. What do those two teams have in common? They didn't win the title. They didn't win the title.
0: Interesting. That is interesting. Do you know whom Juve are playing next weekend? Yeah, they're playing Milan. Milan also had a win, but only just, my word, 96th, 97th minute was it, that Romagnoli. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was a lovely, it was extraordinary. Time stood still as, as he and, was it Bonaventura? Who, they passing the ball back and forth in the... In the...
1: So, it was, it was Castillejo, I think, and okay. Souza. Oh, but the thing about this is if you watch this game... First of all, Milan were, were I thought, really poor. Mm. Again. This is a
0: way at Udinese.
1: This is a way at Udinese. And prior to that, there's... I, put it this way. I, it's a good thing Udinese don't really have any fans because if they did, I think they'd be really entitled to be annoyed. But there was a sequence before this when Kevin Lasagna is, is on the break. Christian Zapata goes up to to try to foul him, you presume, So there's Lasagna
0: him? on the counter. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Zapata just kind of falls over and Lasagna keeps going with the ball. And they call the foul the other way, which totally takes all the momentum out. Moments later, Noitink gets sent off for, you know, I was a foul from behind. And it was obviously a trip, not violent. Yeah. And then in the 96th minute, this guy, Opoku, who's not a bad defender, but not the sharpest tool in the box. It's the freaking 96th minute. What you do there, especially given that you're neither Beckenbauer nor Harry Maguire, for that matter, you don't dribble in your own half when you've got two guys in front of you, but that's exactly what he decides to do. So the idiot loses the ball, and then Milan have this counter, this sort of like five-on-three counter... Where even then, nobody has the bottle to shoot. They must have passed it yeah. sideways like 50 times. Yeah. You could tell they're terrified. It was they were. like Man and City then, or something. Yeah. and then Ro- Romagnolo- they in the penalty think-
2: area for six minutes of the nine minutes of added time. You're kidding. Really? No.
1: It was actually Romagnoli who won the ball off of Poku to start the whole thing yeah. too. Romagnoli who's becoming sort of like a little Sergio Ramos <laughs> yeah. at this stage. And then eventually, he's got the cojones to go and to shoot and score and... You're happy for him, you're happy for Reno, but
0: second time in a week, of course, because he did it midweek against yeah. uh, Genoa.
2: All of his last three goals have been in stoppage time. No um, way. Yeah. The uomo della Champions, yeah, as they were just, calling him afterwards. Wow.
1: Yeah? It's just a small aside on Romagnoli, I think he's 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 a special player. He's uh-huh. got flaws that he needs to iron out. But there's two things that for me really stand out about him. One is he came through the youth ranks at Roma while being very actively a Lazio gotcha. supporter. Which shows that you're either the ultimate contrarian or that, you know, you really, really feel it. And secondly, he gave this interview sort of when he first came up, when he first became famous and, and personally making a name for himself. Where, you know, he talked about how, because he he's a ball-playing central defender and stuff. He talked about, I think he said his heroes were Nesta and Zadane. So Zidane, his number. Yeah. Right? It was Gazeta. They put it as a headline, like, where they put it in quotes, like... I'm Nesta without the ball I'm Zidane with it which then obviously created people said like who is this freaking lunatic You know. and to be fair to him he never actually said that but it stuck with him a long long time and right. people just mocked him mercilessly
0: also this weekend Napoli who hosts PSG Whoa. it's going to be a game with uh, Gigi Buffon between the post for PSG yeah.
1: apparently his ban is over yeah. finally yeah. he's no
0: longer sitting in the stands actually, eating but, his patatine uh, his futini nice <laughs> anyway, they also had a five-goal haul against Empoli. Three goals from Dries Mertens. This was last Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. Every goal from outside of the box. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Which and
2: I don't think
0: there's... Has there ever been a hat-trick? So he got three all from outside the box. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: The nice. One thing about that game, which was interesting too, was was Girotti, who we're all used to him being cheery and jolly all the time. Yeah. He came out and he said, man, we played really badly. Yeah. <laughs> Empoli
2: were better than us. Yeah. yeah.
1: Again, just you look
2: at the players he was using in that game. Like, I mean, the midfield, he had out wide Fabian Ruiz and Rog nominally out wide. Again, you're just seeing him use pieces that, I mean, sadly did not have Ruiz. He had these, you know, like Rog who played his 50th game, I think, at the weekend, but he's hardly ever started any. But Ancelotti's finding a way to make these players, not just win games, but win games like 5-1 against Empoli. I think it's... It's damn impressive. Mm. And, I mean, Mertens at the weekend, I mean, I think Carlo has, again, just, like, done a remarkable job of keeping him really keen by, <laughs> by keeping on the bench for quite a while. He's to the point where he's been, like,
0: fed Same up Same tactic Juric is doing, of course, with the counter. It's a such effect. <laughs> exactly. i say
1: Juric, before he went to Genoa, uh-huh. wasn't terrible. He was, it was at Crotone, right? Mm-hmm. And he, got did, he played great football, got them promoted. I think the problem is, once he went to Genoa, and once he started taking Preziosi's money, I think that's when, you know, God and divinity started to go, and, and then he got this negative karma from Preziosi, and because... He's just very grey, hasn't he? It's just, you know... He, you know, Preziosi's kind of like a death eater, so he kind of, like, sucks the life out of, out of <sighs> people and turns oh. them into these grey, empty shells.
0: One bit of good news for Genoa this week, Sampdoria lost 4-1 at home to Torino. Where did that one come from?
2: Wow, Gallo Bellotti is... Yeah. is the, the
1: the cock is crying again. Mm. <laughs> it's it's, not, it's, it's been, been a while. while. Torino, Torino didn't play like Torino. Or didn't play like Mazzari's Torino. Because well,
2: Mazzari was in the stands. Yeah,
1: so, so for that reason they said, hey guys, let's not just sit back and be negative and just lump the ball forward. Why don't we actually kind of exploit the fact that this season our owner actually spent some money and we have players like Bazelli who can actually pass the ball forward and not just sideways or backwards all the time. And they did that and they tore up some, Doria. Yeah.
2: Mazzelli's assistant has one of the best names in football, no? Nicola Fustalupi. Ah,
1: Lava Fustalupi.
2: Yeah, mm. the wolf whipper, yeah?
0: And, Gab, Kiev update, are they still on negative points? Of course they are. All right, and did they do it in spectacularly comic fashion this week?
1: Uh, they yeah. were playing
0: at home to Sassuolo one of the own goals of
1: the oh, season yeah. Oh, the, where, where, the he, Giaccarini. Where, where Giaccarini goes and he chests it back to the goalkeeper Sorrentino yeah. who's on the ground <laughs> yes um, and,
0: and Berardi gives you <laughs> the look after it's like the, Berardi the Sassuolo strikers just look like the, you guys are too yeah, funny. he's cracking up <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: cracking up I mean just Ooh. to show I mean for Kievo like, they brought on this guy Tanishevich or something comes on book straight away four minutes later second yellow card sent off and then this happens with Giaccherini. I mean...
0: Have they won a game yet under no. Ventura? Sventura. Sventura. What I don't
1: get about that <laughs> incident, too, is... Yeah. Okay, so Sorrentino, despite playing for Cable, is generally seen as one of the good guys because yeah, yeah. he's very sociable. He's got a great social media account. This is he the does key- stuff for charity, yeah. And Giaccherini, of course, is the original Magic Jack, right? Why was Giaccherini there yeah. to go, like, where were, they, like, the defenders? Mm. And secondly, okay, I get it. You want to chest it to the keeper so the keeper can collect it. But Sorrentino's on the ground, <laughs> like you can see that he's on the ground. Let's have a discussion another time about why he was on the ground. But you can see that he's on the ground, but equally, even though he's on the ground, why doesn't Sorrentino just like lift his arms? I mean, mm-hmm. he is like six foot four, right? Why? So, I know, why? Perché? it's karma, man. <laughs> it's one something. by one, one it's... by one, all <laughs> the bad guys are dropping. We're getting them, right? Preziosi, <laughs> you're next.
2: Can we just say what a bad week it was for Roma? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean...
0: With Batistuta watching in the stands as well.
2: go watching in the stands. Roma actually, I thought, played very well. Uh-huh. But just didn't take their chances. They have a penalty given yeah. against them, which, you know, why Osato doesn't go to the video assistant referee and go and look at the, the monitor, get a second chance to look at it? I don't know because I can see maybe from his position why he was dead sir on his sort of decision that that is definitely a penalty, but... I think it was a mistake. And Roma managed to get back into it right at the death, 85th minute Florenzi goal, but all of the teams above them who they're competing for a place in the top 4 win, they're what now 5 points adrift. They've still got to play Juventus and Inter before Christmas. Well, Di Francesco a they- didn't speak after the game because Monchi came out and was like basically saying enough is enough, you know, these penalties that are given against us or not given to us, you know, we never talk about referees, now's the time to talk about referees.
0: Roma are currently ninth now. They are 15 points behind Juventus. And they are five points off Milan, who are in, in fourth place, and uh, nine behind Inter and Napoli. Yeah, and you think they're they're
2: behind Milan on head-to-head as well at the moment because they lost to to them at San Siro.
1: To top everything off, of course, Roma travel to Florence by train oh, because yeah. they're an eco-friendly club. Um, and the <laughs> way back, they go to the trade station. And, of course... Because it's impossible to keep a secret around Roma and in Rome, everybody knew what train they were on. So they yeah, get they there. Yeah, they missed the train. It.
2: That was the thing. They missed the train. They come up and they find
1: themselves on a platform. With like hundreds <laughs> of Roma Ultras who are just insulting them. <laughs> and then they're the... But in the end, people... I don't know. Like, it's interesting. Again, with The, the Ultras were totally supportive during the game. But then afterwards... After, you know, what wasn't ultimately a bad result, was it? No. I mean, I mean, know. One-one draw. Context
2: they, of the last two games, they've drawn in Naples and they've drawn in Florence. Now, historically, that's not bad, that's is not it? not
1: bad. But, yeah, they're unhappy. And then, and then they all rode the train together <laughs> uh, back to Rome.
2: Machinati! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose these last two results. Yeah. It's hard to quibble, really, with... Picking up points on the road against Napoli and Fiorentina. I think what's really cost Roma, at least in the league, is their home form. It's been dreadful under Di Francesco. Losing to Spal. Being 2-0 up against Chievo and being pegged back to 2-2. Getting in front against Atalanta with that pastore back heel. And then finding themselves 3-1 down and having to basically throw the kitchen sink at them to get back into that game. Those are the ones where you kind of point the finger and say that's why they're behind. Not so because of the Napoli and Fiorentina results.
0: Roma next weekend, match day 12 of the CDS season, will be hosting Sampdoria. Two teams looking to bounce back there. The key game, though, without question, will be on Sunday evening, 7.30 UK time, as Milan host Juventus. Milan will have a Europa League fixture to deal with midweek. Will that be the return against Betis? Is it back to back? Yeah,
2: Okay. Have to see if Higuain, who went off ah, yeah, against time. I he? think he will. I think it was just a knee in the back. Okay. Just a bit of bad bruising.
0: Uh, we've, we've we've spoken at length, and so there's no time for a proper preview now, but Milan, Juve, any chance you think that Gattuso can derail the old lady? I think
1: there's every chance. Really? Uh, well, look. Some chance. The odd thing with Juve this year is that, and we've seen them in the last three games, they drew one, won the other two, but...
0: The Genoa game.
1: They were never as dominant this time I thought they played better against Cagliari but they always have that kind of one half which is like a stinker and then they got to come back like against Empoli and and whatever else so I don't know I I think for them the, the midweek game against United is so important it's going to take stuff out of them and with yeah. Milan, you just don't know what you are going to get, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That was the case. Well, Milan have NBA. a
0: midweek. I mean, they have to go to Seville basically
1: on and Thursday.
2: I mean, that was they didn't play well against Udinese, but I think one of the mitigating factors there is they've got a lot of injuries. Yeah, Calabria looks like he's going to be out for a long time now. We've hardly we've hardly seen him play in defence. Bilia is out for uh, until That's
1: okay. Montolivo's back.
2: <laughs> Bonaventura is out. That's an issue for them. But I'm with Gab on this. I think uh, if you were as, as tired as they were. After the last United game, with Higuain back fit and uh, and wanting to prove something.
1: I'm with you. The other thing, too, is when people complain about all the injuries and whatever, this is still a big squad. Yeah. Like, with all the injuries they've had, they also still have Montolivo, who, you know, is obviously in an unusual situation with his contract and whatever, but he's still there. He's still a guy who was playing for Italy until a little over a year ago. Jose Mauri, remember when we thought yeah. he was amazing? On the Donadoni, yeah. Yeah. Isn't Bertolacci still yeah, knocking yeah. around there somewhere? The yeah. Mister Thirty Million, right? <sighs> Bakayoko, who might not be very good, but he yeah. was really good three years ago. So
2: Gattuso said Bakayoko's is really good as long as we don't pass him the ball. There you go. Yeah. I think you know that's. But that's but, the way but, to but go. that's
1: what I mean. It's like, it seems that like you know it's it's like he's he's complaining about the injuries, but you have another half dozen guys who are there in your team who Leonardo figured were worth keeping around. Mm-hmm freaking use them right don't make Kessie play every minute of every game in perpetuity because as we're learning about Kessie is the more he plays the worse he becomes Mm. you know
0: well that sounds good
2: and Ibra's
1: coming James
2: and Ibra's coming
0: coming. Mm. we'll see that's the situation then after 11 rounds of this exciting City Ass season we'll be back with more next week hope you have a super time until then Gabriele Marcotti many thanks for today it's a pleasure and you James Horncastle for now from all of us here it's a
1: Italiano.
0: You've been listening to Galazzo, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our other podcasts this season The Totally Football League Show with Caroline Barker and The Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven.